0: Welcome to this week's edition of the Run Talk SA podcast. I'm David Katz, Mr. Active, and we welcome back onto the podcast this week, functional nutritionist uh, Ian Craig. We chatted a couple of weeks ago about winter diet and what we should be eating in winter. Now I want to talk vitamins specifically. We touched a little bit on them, but I read a recent article that actually got me a bit cross, and, and one of the things I read was that they said that if you feel good after vitamins, it's just like a placebo effect. And I would like to know if there's some research to back that up because I don't quite agree with everything that was written in this magazine's article. So, first of all, Ian, thanks to be back with us. Vitamins, very big topic.
1: Yeah, thanks, David. Thanks for getting me back on. Um, Yeah, vitamins, firstly, we don't really know what vitamins are. Most of us don't know what they do in our body. And then, of course, we're... At the mercy of all the the brands who are wanting to sell their products, so we we do get a lot of misinformation, and then we have um, scientific studies that maybe the scientists have a personal vendetta against or for vitamins, and therefore it's not too hard to uh, to push a, a research study in the direction you want to find the. You know, get the findings if you follow me. So, there's a lot of misinformation out there. Um, So, is there anything particular you would like to ask me?
0: Well, first of all, looking at diet in general. I mean, this this article said, yes, if we're eating the right diet and we're eating all the fresh fruit and vegetables, we are getting our vitamins. But to me, we've got the issue these days that unfortunately a lot of our food is not… Uh, as naturally sourced as we'd want to be, the way we've been forced to grow food. So the real question is, are we getting enough vitamins out of our daily diet?
1: Okay, Um, I'll answer that with a a little story if you don't mind. Um, I was in Australia years ago and um, I traveled with a friend who who took me to an organic farm and um, she had a friend there who had previously been living in Perth it's not a big city, but, uh, you know, busy city life anyway. And she'd worked in a health shop. Well, she, she was one of these very intuitive people. And when she was working in the health shop, she kind of sensed what supplements to take to kind of balance her health. When she moved out to the organic farm, gradually, uh, she was basically just picking the organic vegetables off the plot and it was on the plate. 10 minutes later. So gradually she gave up all of her her nutrient supplements because she was getting enough from the ground. So yes, as you say, it depends on the quality of the produce we're getting, which is dependent on the quality of the soil, the amount of nourishment in the soil depends on the um, the road miles that the food has to travel before we get we get them, pesticides, herbicides, um, commercialization, These all impact uh, the nutrient levels we get from our food, and most of us are just following standard supermarket uh, food choices. Um, whereas we can certainly move in the right direction by getting our say our veggies from an organic farmers market. Um, but is it enough? I would probably argue, no, that's probably not even enough for most people who live in a stress South African life, especially for runners. Uh, I'm an ex-runner, and yeah, just the act of running regularly, or especially daily, dr- draws the nutrients from your body, those, uh, those big demands. So yeah, I'm one to go for a good quality multi vitamin and mineral as a base support for most people, but then you get individual uh, needs uh, on top of that. Well, Ian, looking at that, uh, we
0: look – I mean, it's vast. So you buy a multivitamin, you're getting vitamin C, you're getting the different vitamins, uh, but the, all the amounts – you know, you can, of course, yeah. it's an individual case. You never know how much you exactly need. So they can't say, look, I'm going to give you this amount of vitamin C, this amount of that. It's got to be general. But what happens with that recommended daily allowance? Because the other thing I've read is that often that they they overdose you on the percentage that you need on that day.
1: Okay. So we should start with the RDAs, the recommended daily allowance. Um, they were set well back in the last century when we were basically trying to knock out the deficiencies that were around in the early part of the last century, um, likes of uh, scurvy, vitamin C, um, rickets, beriberi. Um, we don't see so much of that anymore because we, we even though our uh, food quality might not be great, we still can get vegetables. So they're less common. But are the... RDAs are trying to cover deficiencies enough for optimal health. There's a big um, void between um, basically disease state, as those deficiencies would uh, describe, and optimized state. And just by avoiding deficiencies, we're not necessarily optimizing our health and we're not necessarily uh, supporting our performance as, as runners.
0: Now, what would happen if we did get too much in on a, per- on a certain day? I-, I know everyone will yeah. react differently. I know they say if you do too much vitamin C, it can affect your stomach. But generally, yeah. what does the body do if it has excess of a certain vitamin?
1: The The way to get excess in is to take one uh, nutrient at a time. So vitamin C is an excellent example because if you take too much, uh, you'll probably just get a runny tummy and and push it out. Um, The B vitamins are also water-soluble like vitamin C. and So it's very, very difficult to overdose on them. That's why we can get B vitamin injections and be okay because the water-soluble vitamins uh, run out of our system very quickly. Where we can access or get excess amounts is the fat soluble ones. Uh, so that's like vitamin A, uh, vitamin D, um, well, so the main ones in terms of vitamins. Um, and you can get excess but you have to be taking reasonable amounts of single doses for reasonable periods of time. and. If you're going to take those individual doses, you need to be testing. So vitamin D is, uh, I think I mentioned vitamin D last time we talked. It's uh it's had a lot of research now, and we're now starting to look at levels of looking for like a hundred as the the best level of vitamin D in our blood, whereas some of us are down near thirty, which is the lower reference range. So. To get from 30 up to 100 actually takes quite a lot of uh, supplementation and sun exposure. Um, when you start going over like 120, yes, I would, would want to take very careful note at that point and uh, get off supplements. So you can overdose, but if you've got a reason for taking a single dose like that, a single nutrient like that, you'd need to be monitoring it by blood tests.
0: Well. Another question I want to touch on is also something you mentioned a little bit earlier and it's about brands because unfortunately with anything you go in, you've got to pick a certain brand. Yeah, They're cheaper brands, they're more expensive brands and there's a lot of critique not just over vitamins but all supplements in this country over regulation of them. How do you know that you're getting the best out of what vitamins you're buying?
1: Um, Okay, that's a very, very tough question. Uh, Price comes into it a bit because – I'll straight away kind of sweep out most of the cheaper ones because they will look for cheaper formulations. Um, an example is calcium carbonate is chalk. Some of us absorb chalk better than others, but in general, the absorption of chalk is is much less than, say, a calcium citrate, which is actually something you'll find in the Krebs cycle. So it's... Uh, that's better absorbed. So the, the money you spend will go into the quality of those. It will also go into the quantity of how much you get. So like a cheaper brand, you might get, uh, say, folic acid 100, or you might even get the recommended 400 micrograms of folic acid. But it's folic acid needs to be converted into its active form. If you go for a more expensive one, you might find folinic acid, uh, you might even get 800 micrograms of that uh, in a, in that more expensive formulation because that's already in its active form. So it's more active in the body. So you do in an essence get what you pay for. But just like many other things in South Africa, if it's an imported product, we do get zapped with customs duties and the exchange rate problem. Um, so. The top of the range ones we get here are mostly from America and they are very expensive. That's what I tend to use with clients, um, but yeah, only in, you know, careful doses because uh, it can rack up the bills. There are a couple of brands that are South African specific that are middle range or middle to upper range that uh, I do recommend if people can't afford the, the more expensive American ones. Um, so yeah, it's, it's a tough one for somebody who's uneducated in the nutritional realm. Uh, you're kind of just reading front labels, which is not a great way to decide. You kind of need a little bit more education as to what are the optimal quantities as opposed to the RDAs and what are the forms of the nutrients that you're looking for. So so yeah, I, I can generally recommend brands that I think have good a good ethos behind them.
0: Well, Ian for the runners out there, for anyone out there who is listening, maybe we need to touch on those brands. Don't have to mention ones okay. you don't think are good, but just maybe some that we can advise for people that the one the better ones and maybe middle of the road to look at. And also I just want to know from a running perspective what should runners be taking should they be taking something yeah. differently and also the other thing that people always battle with is which is the best time of day to take your vitamins
1: okay no problem okay so brands wise if i'm allowed to um i would say metagenics is the most available upper end brand so that's That's got a very good range, got plenty of good research behind it. They've got a competitive brand called Zymogen, uh, which is uh, sorry, it's practitioner only. So you might be working with a practitioner for your nutrition and you, and you'll get access to Zymogen. Um, from the South African brands, um, you've got, um, Solal, which, um, I think are a reasonable brand and they are actively adjusting according to new regulations coming in. Um, then you get Solgar. Solgar and I'd say are reasonably good competitors um, and Solgar is a very uh, international brand uh, with reasonable prices. Um, in terms of uh, runners-specific Number one, I teach a concept called functional sports nutrition and, and the base of the pyramid that I teach is functional nutrition for health. So number one is who are you as a person and what are your individual needs? Are, as you, you as a person, do you have immune issues, digestive issues? Do you need some support of your neurotransmitter for your, for your mood? Um, Deal with those first, and then as a runner, okay, what does a runner spe- specifically draw from their body? Well, energy is one, and B vitamins are a big part of your energy system. So you might need to look for a multi with high Bs or get an extra B vitamin supplement on board or occasional B vit injections. The only problem I have with those is sometimes it, uh, masks. Um, tiredness and times when you should really actually just be slowing down and resting um and then magnesium's another big deficiency in runners and and uh, endurance athletes as a whole because it's used in muscle contractions so when you tend towards cramps when you tend towards muscle spasms when you go to the masseur and they said oh right your glutes are a bit tight today um that could indicate uh, low magnesium levels um, other things are other electrolytes so magnesium is an electrolyte but so too is uh, potassium sodium and calcium so are you getting enough of those because they are, they're they're going to come out through your sweat so obviously more of an issue in the in the summertime but I, as a person, will uh, will use electrolyte, just salts, a salt mix in my water all the time because uh, it's an important part of balancing the nervous system and muscular contractions. Um, what was the last thing you asked, David?
0: When is the best time of day to generally oh. take your vitamins?
1: Um, it depends on the, the nutrients. And when you say vitamins, I'll translate translate that into vitamins, minerals, fatty acids, uh, the whole range of supplements. Um, your minerals mostly in the evening are better absorbed, especially if you're going to do say magnesium on its own or, or a CalMag formulation. Take them in the evening because they're calming minerals. And that's one of my sleep strategies is to take maybe four 500 milligrams of uh, magnesium an hour before bed. Um, Zinc, I'm not too bothered whether it's breakfast or dinner. The fat soluble ones, like if you're taking vitamin D, you can actually take that like once a day, at any time of the day. Or you can even take like uh seven times the dose once a week because the fat solubles stay in the system longer same with uh, fish oils and seed oils and stuff when it comes down to your water solubles the vitamin c and b and so on um you they're obviously in your multivitamins um it's best to spread them through the day as much as possible so if you can remember to take your supplements at breakfast and dinner great, you've got a divided dose twice a day. If you can remember breakfast, lunch, dinner, then you get three times in a day and the vitamin C basically is going to be in your system for a bigger percentage of the day.
0: Well, Ian, it's fascinating as always. Thank you so much for your time. If anyone would like to find out more from Ian Craig on Anything related to functional nutrition, uh, send that through to us here on Run Talk SA. But for myself, David Katz, Mr. Active, until next week, stay well.